0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. If you're a commuter, you know the Central Coast trains far too well. The sounds, the smells, the feeling of dread when you catch an all-stops train instead of a fast one. But what if you could travel from Newcastle to Sydney in less than an hour? Today on Newcastle Cast, we're tackling the topic of fast rail. Are we on track for a speedier future? Or will the policy never leave the station? You know,
1: obviously living in Newcastle and, and doing a commute to Sydney was something definitely that I took on board and had to really think about.
2: Sometimes in Australia about nation building, almost to the point where people just laugh. It's not nation building, it's building the future of your young people.
0: People commute from Newcastle to Sydney for work, for university, for pleasure, every single day. The Newcastle to Sydney train line is the busiest regional transport route in the country. Ellie Lewis is one of those regular commuters travelling on the Central Coast line. She's a young professional living with her husband and dog in Mayfield.
1: I've been commuting for the last two and a half years. I've been commuting into Sydney at least one to two days a week.
0: Ellie's office is in the centre of Sydney and recently they've asked her to start coming in three days a week.
1: So in terms of the train ride, so yeah, I go into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm going from Broadmeadow to Wynyard. It takes me three hours basically door to door from my
0: house in Mayfield to my office in the city. That's a six-hour round trip on top of a normal full working day and that's with everything going right.
1: If there's a little bit of rain the trains are delayed it kind of feels like there's one train one train line in one train line out in terms of from the Central Coast to Newcastle so if say there is some sort of hiccup on the on the tracks like in terms of track work needing to be done or maybe there's a fatality on the tracks as well like all these sorts of things the delay like I just can't get home I'm often asked oh do you drive down to Sydney the answer is no and the answer is because obviously traffic parking fuel all of those kind of things that catching the train obviously makes sense uh more I would say like more financial sense for me it's supposed to optimize my time even though going on the
0: train takes longer than say driving to sydney ellie has her tricks to make the commute easier like prepping offline work she can do on the train the night before she leaves but it still wears on her so many people when they're like
1: oh You commute from Newcastle to Sydney, wow, that's just so full on. It'll be great when these fast trains come in. I don't know when they're coming in, but when they come in, it would actually change my life. Literally, I would pay. Like, I think it would
0: would actually change my life. So it would be amazing. Fast rail is a life-changing concept in Australia, but it's something that can feel almost impossible. That's because it's been talked about for nearly 40 years with no tangible progress that people can point to.
3: We've been studying high-speed rail for 39 years now, and we're probably a world leader in our studies.
0: Dr Philip Laird is an honorary principal fellow at the University of Wollongong and an expert of all things railway related. Let's start with a definition of what we're talking about for fast or high-speed rail.
3: High-speed rail, one international definition, is 250 kilometres an hour or faster. On dedicated track.
0: Compare that to the speed regional trains currently travel at.
3: Sydney Wollongong uh, is only 55 kilometres an hour average for the fastest expresses. The Sydney Gosford, a better, maybe 65 kilometres an hour.
0: Fast rail between Newcastle and Sydney would turn a three hour trip into a 45 minute one. But for all the times fast rail has been discussed, from the 80s as the very fast train between Melbourne and Brisbane
3: It is a breathtaking idea, Melbourne to Canberra in two hours, Sydney in three. Speeds of 350 kilometres an hour yet in complete safety.
0: To the late 90s with speed rail between Sydney and Canberra
3: Speed rail is a pragmatic and visionary expression of that theme and that concept of nation building.
0: To 2013 when Anthony Albanese was Transport Minister
3: I'm firmly on the record as a supporter of high-speed rail.
0: Right up until the New South Wales government deciding to go it alone in 2019.
3: What is vitally important is that we start the work today for faster rail and a fast rail network in New
0: South Wales. The only thing that has come out of it right now is feasibility
3: studies. In today's dollars, is more than $150 million spent Just on high speed rail, 250 kilometres
0: an hour or faster. $150 million and with no new track to show for it. Because of this, fast rail can feel like something people easily dismiss. Something political parties talk about at election time but don't put in place when they're in government.
2: You practice rolling your eyes when you (laughs) hear the words.
0: (laughs) Professor Andrew McNaughton is an international expert in high-speed rail.
2: I was an expert advisor on the Albanese study of 2011 to 2013 on high-speed rail and uh, produced work for the New South Wales government about a potential fast rail network.
0: For Andrew, the default reaction of an eye roll is understandable. But it's a shame because he reckons a fast rail line could be revolutionary for a region like Newcastle and the Central Coast.
2: It is transformational. It's not a word I often use. It would be transformational to people's lives. And that's what excites me. I don't get interested in engineering anymore. I'm far too old for that. (laughs) Uh, It is about social mobility and economic prosperity of individual people.
0: When he was working with the Berejiklian government, Andrew formed the view that the first place, the optimum spot for where fast rail should be put in, was between Newcastle and Sydney.
2: The Hunter and Newcastle together could be, if it were properly connected to the rest of the state and not a standalone entity, it could be an incredibly bigger, thriving region. And that struck me, Um, that Newcastle had more potential than pretty much any place I've visited around the world of a similar size. To be a centre of advanced manufacturing, high skills, therefore a high-wage economy, Um, much, much stronger than it is today.
0: Newcastle has this potential for growth. But whether it's able to grow to its full potential is down to something Philip and Andrew both kept referring to, this idea of connectivity.
2: If you're going to work on a world basis, you need a critical mass. And it's no good if you're a small startup in a place that's not well connected to others. Modern connectivity is part of it. We're not talking some bullet train nonsense. It's just a fast route system that gets you, what, 150 kilometres in an hour. This is not hard work.
0: Instead of sitting on a silver rattler for three hours, you could be a quick 45-minute commute over the Hawkesbury. And that opens up so many opportunities for business, for tourism, for living.
2: Three hours from the capital city. You're over the horizon. They don't know you exist. They don't think about you. If you're an hour away, that's the same time as it takes to cross the city. You, you just go, we set up our business in Newcastle. Oh, we need to be in a meeting uh, at eight o'clock in the morning in Sydney. No worries. Um, we want to go and watch the football tonight. Or any other strange Australian sport you get up to. Mm. Um, we'll go and do it. Sorry, I'm just being provocative.
0: <laughs> Connectivity is more than going down to Sydney for the football. It's about enhancing the relationship between both cities for both of them to benefit.
2: I see that very strongly in um, the one high-speed line we've got working even here in uh, England, where at the end of the line, places which weren't dying on their feet, let's not exaggerate it, but they weren't prospering, are now prospering faster than anywhere else in the country. Because some people commute to higher-paid jobs, but they bring their higher wages back into the community. Mm. And that has created jobs for everyone from builders to baristas. And it's not a question of being a satellite of central Sydney. It's a question of being a really prosperous, thriving city region. That has a relationship with Sydney. There is just, just there's so much potential in the Newcastle Hunter area, but it is not going to happen to anything like the same degree whilst you are cut off from the rest. And I said, and I, I said it quite deliberately, cut off from the rest of, of the country.
3: Sorry. You're just too
2: remote. The fact is, there's, the day is is so many hours long. You get up, you go to bed, there's only so much time that you can spend travelling, either on a daily or a weekly or a monthly basis, and it's just too hard being remote.
0: And it looks like, for the first time in ages, things are in motion. The Albanese government made an election commitment of $500 million towards high-speed rail preliminary work, with the first leg being between Newcastle and Sydney,
3: I'm more hopeful this time around because last time usually you hear high-speed rail talked up before an election. But the Albanese government, to their credit, you know, made the commitments after the election to establish a high-speed rail authority by legislation, which was passed last year. They are appointed a board in the first half of this year and are in the process of appointing a CEO. So um, it looks less unpromising.
0: Call it cautious optimism. The High Speed Rail Authority has been set up, but it's slow bureaucratic work. Right now, the body's focus is an organisational structure which has earned ire in Senate estimate hearings.
2: I reckon we're going to have a few scripts of utopia by the end of all this, But we'll look of it. Um...
0: A budget is due in 2026. But this has been one of the big barriers to fast rail in Australia, the expense. It's not cheap to build a new rail line, but Andrew believes it's necessary. You have to remember, the current rail line that runs from the Newcastle Interchange is Victorian-era infrastructure.
2: It's a great 19th century thing, but it's no good for the 21st and 22nd century. You have to build new, you have to build what's going to work for the next 150 years yes it costs a lot but it doesn't get built in a year or even a decade good 20 years to build it divide the total cost by 20 it's not an awful lot of money each year compared with what people are wasting on other things it doesn't need any more studies it's been studied to death all the studies do is um, somebody gets paid a load of money to tell you what you already know Uh, which must be close to the definition of madness.
0: (laughs) But that cost barrier still exists. Right now, the infrastructure minister is reviewing existing infrastructure projects after a cost blowout of $33 billion. Fastrail is going to be a project that takes a long time over successive governments with bipartisan support and takes a lot of money. It takes nerve to commit to something like this. For Andrew, the time to get started is now, or else the hunter risks losing this opportunity.
2: If you haven't got the connectivity, the top people that um, you need will not come. Mm. And the brightest that you've got will move away to where the brightest, the best jobs are. You You have to reset the balance. Reset the balance so that you can build a life build work, build a career, build a family in the Hunter as equally, with equal prosperity to building it in downtown uh, Sydney. Mm. And you do that by being connected, not just Newcastle with Sydney, but Newcastle with the Central Coast, with Sydney, with Wollongong. Then you've got something that is world beating as an economic area. You can compete with the world You're not gonna do that without it. Unless we build an adequately decent connected railway system, every young person in the country is gonna end up living in the capital city. And every old person and unskilled person will be left behind in the region. Is that the future you want for New South Wales?
0: Right now, the people who use the system week after week, like Ellie, are trying to make it work, but they're wondering how sustainable commuting can be. I'm
1: at a point where it's becoming so difficult and that, you know, we are considering, you know, moving from, we love our house in Mayfield, we love living here. We are considering moving back to possibly outside of Sydney, but closer, smaller place because simply just because the commuting is so unbearable, yet the career opportunity for me and the salary that I'm earning, um, I just wouldn't be able to get that here in Newcastle. So, yeah, the commuting is just, it's pretty, it's getting impossible. There's been a lot of tears, a lot of, um, a lot of early morning. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming really challenging.
0: The opportunity to keep young, talented professionals in the regions is slipping away, and Andrew reckons the long-term solution is right in front of us.
2: It needs a champion that says, we're building this not for the current generation, we're building this for our children and our children's children and their children, because this is about shaping the future of the region. Sitting around doing bureaucratic stuff and setting up high-speed commissions and high-speed boards and God knows what else, does not cut it. We're going to go and do it. You know, it's it's just it's just a bit of vision. You don't need any more <laughs> passing smart asses from England. You just need to get on with it. Yeah.
0: Newcastle Cast is produced on a country by Toby Hemmings and me, Laurie Stixon. Our executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. Leave us a review on your podcast player. It helps us reach a bigger audience. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.